Welcome to episode four. Episode four of About a Dog. About a Dog. What we talk about? We talk about a dog. We talk about a different breed. Last week, um, we talked about a more well-known breed, the Pepeño, mm-hmm. uh, but to fly. Um, so this week, um, per, I guess, I don't know, the rules or per usual, we're going to mm-hmm. be doing something that may not be known to the general public. Yep. We're, we're going rare. Mm. Going very, very, very rare. Do we want to address anything before we proceed? Um, if you hear cats mewing, dogs barking, <laughs> we're in the middle of a snowstorm, so the four Hamiltons are losing their mind. One well, is, they were, but at the present moment, it's we're enjoying of, a nice, you know, quiet detente, I guess you could say. Yeah, Alice was protesting and running down the hall and all um, of that. No, Alice was acting like her usual, very much attached to you self, and was protesting and sniffing and wanted to know everything about where you were, who you were with, and who you were doing it with. Basically, yeah, what she was doing. That's very true, because oh, we did do a little bit of a workout with Celine. Celine is our dock diver, mm-hmm. and so we've been... The only Hamilton of the breed that does it. Yep. I say it at Meet the Breeds, I might as well say it here. Yeah. And so we do workouts with her from time to time to make sure that she's still staying fit. Wearing her ex-dog vest yep. that so, you uh, acquired for her. Not, again, an advert, just saying yeah. what she does. Yeah, not an advert, but it could be. I'd be really, really it, great if they wanted to. Yeah, know. if they want to, I love ex-dog. Just, put, just putting feelers out, call me. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> love ex-dog, love, love the products. Um, they're great. So, and definitely follow them on Instagram. They're, if you want to have a nice, fit, happy, healthy dog, mm. we definitely love X-Dog. Yeah. We are we are Team X-Dog. Part of it. There's oh, okay. a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Um, but anywho, <laughs> that's why Alice was protesting was because we were working with Celine. How dare we go anywhere without Alice? How dare, dare. we? Oh. Shock and horror. Oh, the absolute affront of it is just absolutely abhorrent to her. She can't stand it. The diva was pissed. (laughs) I thought I just said that. Yes, (laughs) but the diva diva made her pissiness well known. Oh, I get it. You're translating for those at home. Okay, all right. Yes, the diva was was pissed. That'll happen sometimes. I'll say something that I think is perfectly understandable, and people go, huh? And I have to dumb it down, like, big time. But it's called a book. Read some. Yes. <laughs> Not the thing on your tablet. Read a actual book. Turn pages. <laughs> That's it. Smell what you know. Smell the binding of the page of the yeah. book. I mean, come oh on. Oh my god, are you going full Hermione Granger on me? I can, but no. <laughs> Eleven. What are you doing? She's climbing on a box. That's all. I'll keep an eye on her. Let's stay on track. What 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 are we doing today? What are we talking about? We're talking about a very, very rare breed mm-hmm. with absolutely no U.S. presence. So there's basically none here stateside? None. None. At, at all? None that I can find. Okay. So you've definitely searched. And based on the current information as of this date in 2019, there are none stateside mm-hmm. that we know of. There, we're covered. What is it? So we are covering the chart Polski. And again, I don't speak Polish, so... The chart Polski. Translates to Polish Greyhound. Oh, okay. So we're talking about a sight hound. So yeah. in hound terms, there's two forms of hound. Yeah. There is sight mm-hmm. and there is scent. 
the dogs that we have, the Hamiltons, would be scent, scent hounds. They can pick up on scents and immediately begin to shout to let mm-hmm. us, their owners, know that there is something that they detect. Whereas right. a sight hound... Sight hound uses their eyes, their heads will be up, mm-hmm. and they will be looking for things. They're very attuned to movement yeah. and don't necessarily rely on their sense of smell. Mm-hmm. Whereas scent hounds... There's two different forms of scent hounds, which makes things a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. There is basically ground scenting uh-huh. and air scenting. Yeah. And then there's the combination. So a lot of your bigger hounds are going to be combination of ground and air. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of your little hounds are going to be ground scenting. So like bassets. And beagles, they're the ones where the nose is going to be firmly fixed to the ground. Mm -hmm. And the hound terminology is nose down, tail up. Okay. For those, because that's what they do. Whereas with Hamiltons and and foxhounds and even some harriers, Mm -hmm. their nose may be to the ground working, working, working. But the moment that they get a hot or fresh scent, they're air scenting the whole way. And using their eyes and using all of their senses. So, but we're going to be focusing on sighthounds. Yeah. And sighthounds, if you ever see one on the street, the worst thing that you can do to any sighthound owner mm-hmm. is accuse their dog of being skinny. That's another thing I think a lot of people do anyway, is they automatically assume whatever breed you have is mm-hmm. a breed that they've encountered, which yep. is a misnomer, honestly. Mm-hmm. If I could give a piece of advice to anyone, don't assume the breed my yeah. rule number one in just about anything in life is don't assume right because i mean they walk up is like oh what a cute beagle immediately i want to throw my arm back in like a knee-jerk reaction to get ready to punch you because my dog is not a beagle it's very much the same to say what a lovely dog just what? just call it a dog it's yeah a dog. what a lovely dog or yeah. what breed is it yeah, 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 yeah just just simple probing questions but for sighthound owners they get this on a regular basis that they are abusing their dogs, that they are too skinny and mm, all that stuff. Right. Completely opposite. Yeah. Sight hounds, as a general rule, they metabolize things a whole hell of a lot faster than any other dog breed. They do not have a lot of body fat. Okay. So you will see sight hounds that have prominent hip bones. Mm-hmm. You can see the ribbing yeah. and all of that. As long as you see muscle tone, yeah. then they are perfectly fine. Mm. It's when you don't see muscle tone, yeah. that's when you need to be concerned. Because sighthounds, they metabolize things a little bit differently. Yeah. So same with the Polish Greyhound that we're talking about today. They're going to look skinny. Mm-hmm. They're not. They okay. are well-muscled, working dogs. Mm-hmm. The likely theory is that they come from Salukis. Okay, yeah. And came up into Poland. And instead of what a lot of sighthounds hunt, which is rabbit and small game, the Polish Greyhound, they will hunt foxes, wolves, and deer. Oh, wow. So you're talking about a big, powerful dog. Yeah, if they're big enough to go up against the wolf, yeah, that's, that's you'd have to be big. Yeah, so they're big, they're powerful. Gotta be a contender. (laughs) They've got a lot of substance to them, so they don't really look rail thin. Mm -hmm. They should look well-muscled. Well, okay, are we talking like 
overly muscular um, to the point where it's difficult to actually see that there's a neck. Mm-mm. Or well-proportioned and lean, but still strong. Right. They should that. be... Okay. They should look like a marathon runner. Okay. So they should have nice... So insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. They should They should be lean and muscular, but not out of proportion. Mm. And this breed is actually attributed to someone called Victor Kozlowski. Mm-hmm. Victor spelled with a, a- W. Oh, okay. Because... I don't think I, I'm not even going to try to say that. Because... Victor. Yeah, Victor, because like a lot of Slavic and even Germanic languages, the W is pronounced as a V. Okay. And the breed has a lot of characteristics of some of the other purebred dogs that we've talked about or will be talking about, is that as nobility declined mm-hmm. and the middle class rose... Yeah. This breed started to fall out of favor because they were seen as a breed for noble people because they were hunted with nobility on horseback mm-hmm. and they followed the dogs as they were hunting. They basically served the role of what an English foxhound did for England, the Polish greyhound did for Poland. So you, so would they hunt the uh, like the English foxhound in like packs or things like that? Not really, no. It was usually from what I've seen and what I've found. And again, feel free to correct us. Yeah. If, um, if we get it wrong, we get it wrong. Let's go ahead and just drop it now. Um, the social media, we're on Facebook. Um, we're on Instagram. What's that again? The handle for Instagram? About a dog pod. And on Twitter, about a dog pod one. Not intentional, by the way. Um, also, the email address. Yeah, if we get it wrong, definitely email us. Yeah. It's about a dog pod at gmail.com. Yeah, feel free. We'll, feel free. We'll, we'll check we'll, that regularly. And, and we, again, we have never claimed to be absolute 110% experts. Definitely not me. Um, so if we get it wrong, let us know. Plus, these are, we can't help it. We're American. Yeah, and a lot I'm of... Gonna, I'm going to play that card almost well, every episode, honestly. We're American. True. <laughs> and a lot of these rare breeds, it's very, very, very tough to find information in English. Yeah. So, luckily, I found this website, and I will attribute it when this episode... Episode, episode airs. Episode yeah. goes live, um, because it was literally the only source outside of Wikipedia that had detailed history and information on the breed. So, they really aren't pack hunters. The most I've seen in photos and things like that is about three, Mm -hmm. but they're all used on horseback, which I find fascinating for a sight hound to hunt using horseback. Right. So, as nobility declined, the breed declined in population. Right. And so, they went to small pockets in southern Poland and, oddly enough, Ukraine. Oh, okay. And then the downside even further because, again, World War II happened. See, I was wondering when we were going to get to that because, I mean, after the last episode you said it was going to start to affect the breeds that we encounter. Mm-hmm. So um, this, is, this, isn't, this is World War II, not what those consider to be the Great War. Right. This is World War II. Think, right. think about what was happening in Poland in World War II. It was not pretty. The Germans, Hitler was like, oh, look, Poland, I like this. Yeah. I don't know why I went Russian there. I'm sorry. So. (laughs) I need to work on my accents. In terms of. Germans. What happened in World War II, basically the entire population of the breed in southern Poland. Yeah. Was 
almost exterminated. Mm. Oh, <laughs> you know what I have to do now. And you know what I have to do now. I have to exterminate. Yes. So because pew, pew. Of, because of the simple rule of people are trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, the flight or flight is going to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to prioritize what is most important to you. Your family is among that. Sometimes that's not the family dog. Right, because you've got to think about people first, then everything else. And it totally makes sense. Or as my dad likes to say, after me, you come first. <laughs> so, Seriously, that my father does actually say that. She's. Have you heard him say that? I think so. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. So, thankfully, this breed, the Ukrainian population... Mm-hmm. Survived. Oh, okay. That's good. So the only reason that we have this breed... Mm-hmm. Is because of the Ukrainians. Is because of the Ukrainians. Yay. So... Eastern Poland and Ukraine saved this breed. Oh, cool. And... Thankfully, the Polish people... Mm-hmm. Rallied around this one magazine article... Mm-hmm. In a Polish magazine... That said that this breed was in trouble... Mm. Because the population in Ukraine was looking at complete and utter annihilation mm. because of a law that was passed in the Soviet Union that says that you're not allowed to hunt using greyhounds. Mm. So all types of greyhounds were going to be slaughtered. Bouge moi. So. <laughs> Did I throw you off by saying that? Yes. <laughs> Jesus. <clears throat> I'm in Russian. Can you blame me? <laughs> so. The Polish people rallied around this native breed Mm -hmm. and was able to purchase as many dogs as possible Mm -hmm. for like 20 bucks a piece. Okay. We're talking like what? Like shady dealer on eBay prices or something? No, it was because these Ukrainian farmers knew that it was either sell to the Polish people Mm -hmm. who were going to keep these dogs alive or... Or... Their dogs were going to be killed and slaughtered. Okay. Because the, it was a do or die essentially. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a do or die. So okay. they were they were trying to get rid of these dogs as fast as possible, and make sure that they weren't all killed. Right. So the Polish people managed to purchase as many of the remaining dogs in Ukraine as possible. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. there's this huge movement around this breed as basically treating it as a natu- as a national treasure to make sure that this heritage of this breed because it's one of Poland's few native breeds there's like this and the Polish hound and I think there's maybe one others and, and that's it mm. so as part of Polish heritage mm. they're rallying around these breeds to make sure that this piece of their country's history remains alive. Yeah. And this all started in the 1970s, and it's still going on today. Mm-hmm. But that also means that this breed is very vulnerable now. And that's why there hasn't been a lot of efforts to export them out of Poland or out of that particular area is because they're trying to stabilize that population. Because when you're looking at a breed such as the Polish Greyhound, where you have a big population, all of a sudden it declines, Mm -hmm. goes into small pockets, and then that declines even further. You're looking at a genetic bottleneck, where if 
heaven forbid, a genetic disease were to crop up, it could annihilate the population very easily. And it's game over. Yeah. So they're doing some very, very, very careful breeding to make sure that any sort of inbreeding is kept very low. Mm. That there's no popular sire syndrome coming in. Well, it, are they trying to do outcrosses so as to create genetic diversity? As much as possible. Okay. But keeping the breed as pure as possible. So that they're not. Be, that, that's a, that's a tightrope. It, it's a very much of a tightrope. So they're not crossing in with greyhounds or other sight hounds to keep that, to add in more diversity. They're keeping within that same population. Mm. Good thing is, though. Sight hounds are one of the oldest breeds out there. Yeah. The family of sight hounds are probably one of the first domesticated breeds outside of some of the breeds like Canaan dogs and more Spitz-like breeds. Sight hounds have been have been you know carved in tombs in Egypt. Yeah. So you're looking at a base population of all sight hounds that have a huge wide diversity yeah so luckily they haven't run into major issues because that backbone is still very diverse yeah and it's not attributed the breed itself is not attributed to one or two individuals Mm -hmm. it was just a breed that came up from salukis and evolved to fit the terrain Mm -hmm. so you're still left with a base population that's still relatively diverse but while they're trying to make sure that this breed stays around and healthy, mm-hmm. what they want to do is they want to make sure that it doesn't get to the point where one dog has produced 20 litters and then you've got another dog that's only had like two or three and then it turns into a situation of where you're trying to find dogs that aren't Something related new. to yeah. Yeah. one another. And so... The breeders in Poland are doing a really good job of making sure that that happens. And they're also making sure that when it comes to exporting, Mm -hmm. that it's done in a very careful manner. Because the last thing that they want is all of their hard work to go to waste. Right. They want to see profit. Not necessarily profit financially. Well, no, that's not what I mean. I mean for the breed. Right. They want to make sure that wherever these dogs go, that they are going... To homes that understand and are willing to work with the Polish breeders. Mm. That is a huge, huge thing. Is with any rare breed, I mean, we face it now with, with Hamiltons. Yeah. Is you have to work in tandem with the native country. And that's how things are in Poland, is you have to work hand in hand and work together with the single minded goal of making this breed as healthy as possible. Right. Bettering the breed, essentially. And preserving them. Mm. It's all about preservation because it would be a huge tragedy if this breed were to become extinct. Mm. And because it is in such an isolated population, it has very real risks of becoming extinct, probably within our lifetime. Yikes. Yeah. So, whenever we cover these rare breeds, and even some of the more popular AKC breeds, Mm -hmm. there will be a 
point in time where I'll be like, yes, this breed does have risk of becoming extinct in our lifetime. Mm. And this is one of them. And in my mind, that is scary because that basically means, you know, I mean, <laughs> the very definition of extinct is like no longer on this earth, which, you know, that's something we're trying to avoid in regards to just carrying things on to the future. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. for this breed to become extinct, it would be a huge tragedy in Polish history and Polish culture. And think about Polish immigrants that are here in the States. Mm-hmm. They probably have great-great-grandparents that own Polish greyhounds and didn't even know it because a lot of their records, when they immigrated, didn't transfer with them and all of that. So a lot of some of the stories of Polish immigrants, they don't even realize that maybe their parent that that they have a history and that they have a tangible connection to the breed to this breed and that's part of why we're doing this podcast is oh, to yeah. make people understand that these dogs deserve to be protected they deserve mm. to be around for future generations not necessarily as a financial boon or anything like that or make no, money no. no no it's preserving history it is making sure that these historical and cultural beings if are heard around. That scuffle, we have cats. Yeah, the cats are around. I don't really see there being anything else to say on the matter. If you own cats, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So, but no, preserving the breed, preserving the heritage, and that's all that a lot of dog breeders are all about. Is yeah. All reputable dog breeders. Thank you very much. Let's go ahead and put an adjective there in front of it. Because I'm pretty sure we got Kemper from a puppy mill. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And and, and the thing is... is I didn't know it at the time. And we're all about education and making people aware that these breeds exist. And whether you realize it or not, if you have Polish ancestry, Mm -hmm. there's your connection to this breed. There's your connection to this piece of history Mm -hmm. that's living and breathing that you can... Tangible. Yeah. And you can actually, if you want to go to Poland, Mm -hmm. you can connect with these breeders Mm -hmm. and go see them. Yeah. And see a part of your your history and your heritage. And it's something that's so remarkable that needs to be kept Mm -hmm. and needs to be kept preserved. And when we get into these rare breeds... Rare breeds are awesome. I love them. They're mm. great. But they're not for everybody. Yeah, no, no. And this breed does have its typical sight hound nature of being a little more aloof. Oh, okay. And they can be couch potatoes, like, like, <laughs> like all greyhounds. I mean, most greyhound owners will tell you that the com- that the place that their dogs are going to be yeah. is on the sofa. Yeah. It's 10 minutes of speed, 90 minutes of sleeping on a sofa. Mm. And that's true for about every single sighthound ever. Isn't it also true that if a sighthound sees something, mm-hmm. it immediately has blinders on to the rest of the universe and it becomes kind of myopic and that's all it's going to focus on? Not necessarily. No? No, not necessarily. And generally... Most sighthounds are focused on things that dart and move quickly. 
Okay. So they're not advised for people that own cats because right. cats <laughs> dart. <laughs> like what has made their appearance in this episode. <laughs> yeah, they dart and move quickly, and mm-hmm. that's something that will trigger that prey drive. And for something like a Polish Greyhound, where most of them are in a kennel environment, they're not in a true home environment Yeah. or a pet mm-hmm. environment. And they are very, very, very close to their roots of hunting and chasing down game. Mm-hmm. I would definitely not advise them for people that have small, furry animals. So, oh, cats. Yeah, cats. That rolls them out. Rabbits. Yeah. Hamsters, guinea pigs, rats. <laughs> any of those. I would not advise this breed for them. But that's not to say that if you are wanting a dog and you don't have any other dogs or anything like that, they'd probably be perfect. So if you wanted a single pet home, basically, Mm -hmm. if you had no other animals in your house but this one, this would be the right fit for you. Yeah. And and the thing with these, these dogs, you can definitely... They are what's considered to be an, a fully recognized FCI breed. Mm-hmm. And FCI is a... Yeah, what does that stand for, by the way? It's French. I'm not even going to try. That's something to do with the AKC, though, doesn't it? No. No? Oh. No. What FCI is a governing body that for international dog registration. Mm-hmm. And it covers almost every single country in the world, with the exception... Of America, Canada, and the UK. All other countries are FCI countries. So, even Poland. Poland is an FCI country. This is an FCI breed. So you can show them... I doubt it means Federal Correctional Institution. Um, French translates to World Canine Organization. Yep. For the ish, I'm not trying to say that middle word. Sinologique uh, uh, Internationale. Yeah. Yes. We don't speak French. <laughs> so I know that word in French. <laughs> Do you want to translate it or should I? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's what it means. So Thank you, Claire. So basically, this breed, you can show them at in Europe. Mm-hmm. You can... They're not AKC recognized. Mm-hmm. They're not even foundation stock recognized, which mm-hmm. I think we covered in episode two, the process of... Right, it's a numbers game. Yeah, it's a yeah. numbers game. So yeah. there's no U.S. presence, but they are fully recognized by the United Kennel Club in the U.S. and the American Rare Breed Association. Okay. Because both of those registries in the U.S. recognize all FCI breeds. Mm-hmm. So you can show in those venues if you choose to get one. And that also means... That is your mission if you should choose to accept it. <laughs> yes, that also means because they are sighthounds, yeah. they can participate in an amazing sport called lure coursing. Ah, lure coursing. I know you well. So lure coursing is like sighthound crack. <laughs> it, I hardly think it's an addiction, darling. Um, 
I have I have watched a whippet jump four feet in the air trying to chase trying to be let go mm-hmm. to go chase after the bunny, which is basically a plastic trash bag. And I've seen heard Celine growl because she didn't get the dock dive and actually watched other dogs dock dive while she sat in the car upset. I wanted to dock dive. Sam, you were there. You know what I'm talking about. So basically, what this sport does is it is a way and an outlet. For sight hounds of all shapes and sizes mm-hmm. to be able to use their instincts and just right. keep it going. And this it's, is a nice way to sharpen them and keep them oh, yeah. honed, as yeah. it were. Keep them honed, keep them fresh. And what happens is you'll get anywhere between one to three trash bags on a line. Mm-hmm. And it's a system of pulleys on the ground. And they're shooting these things all around in a specified course. Right. And sometimes they'll post that particular course on yeah. on their websites you can see. Yep. So you can see what's going on and, and what you can anticipate. But for sighthounds, so all breeds can participate in what are known as coursing ability tests. Mm-hmm. Sighthounds is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Sighthounds, they have an instinct test where they prove their instinct and just prove that they can chase this lure. Mm -hmm. And then after a certain number of passes of that instinct test, then they are allowed to compete in full-blown trials. Right. Full-blown trials are races. Oh, okay. Not like greyhound racing where you can place bets where it's just an oval track. And probably not in the same racing that I'm familiar with where um, these little dogs are in the box Mm-mm. and they, they chase this little thing after somebody opens the, all the doors at once and they just dart down this narrow yeah. stretch of It's not like terrier space. racing yeah. either. So Oh, okay. Go ahead and say what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but fine. All right. This is, you will get, I think the most I've seen is three, but... I don't have sighthounds, so again, correct us if we mess it up. Yep, there's the email on the website for that. Go ahead. Um, so what they do is you've got the owners have these dogs on a quick-release type of collar, mm-hmm. and you've got an operator that starts going and they will say a word, and that word is tally-ho. Yeah. And I was just looking over my shoulder. Yeah, you're trying to find where Alice is. To make sure that Alice doesn't go berserk because she knows what that word means. I'll go see. And what they do is that's how they release the dogs. She's not even paying attention. Oh, she's probably asleep. Yeah, she's she's laying on the Westin bed just sleeping. Great hotel, by the way, in New York. Yep, they love their they they treat their dog guests. Providing you only have one. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't been back since, considering we had four. <laughs> If you get the opportunity to stay at the Westin uh, in Times Square, Square, again, this is not a shameless plug, just our own personal experience. It was really cool. They tried to take my backpack, though, which is not nice, but that was completely yeah. unrelated. But still, the stay was It great was wonderful. Room. Yeah, it really was. So, back to lure coursing. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's done by size, so it's not like you've got a Whippet and a Greyhound running side by side. It, it would essentially be... You know, this class versus... And, and you're in this class, whereas this mm-hmm. dog goes in this class. Yep. Kind of like Mario Kart. 10cc, 50cc, etc., etc. Yeah. So, and then it's based on what order that those dogs come in on how they finish and complete the course as to how many points they get. Mm-hmm. And then they can get specific titles. They can even get a field champion title. 
and things like that. But that's lure coursing, and that's something that is open to this breed. This breed can compete in heavily, and they will probably excel at. Mm -hmm. And they will probably be along the same lines as borzois because they have that same substance. Borzois are bred to hunt wolves. Right. So they both have that same big presence and substance. (laughs) Difference here? Yeah. Borzois, Mm a lot of coat. Yeah, because I I remember seeing one. They were quite, I don't know, furry, I guess would be the best way to put it. Yeah. Polish greyhounds? Yeah. Very short hair. Oh, okay. Like, Great Dane kind of hair. Okay. So very, very short. And, I mean, all in all, they're, they're just, I wish they were more popular, mm. because in, term, in terms of sighthounds, they're very different looking, and if you were to put one next to a regular greyhound, yeah, they'd be a little bit taller, mm-hmm. and have a little bit more substance to them, mm-hmm. and their ear carriage is a little bit different, Yeah, like their ears can go like a little bit more flat, kind of scent houndish, or yeah. they can go kind of what we would call a rose ear. Where the ear fold will like curl backwards and get really sleek along the head, kind okay. of like other sighthounds will do. Oh, okay. So if they're running, that's what their ears will yeah. do. Let's go. Yep. To be more aerodynamic. Mm-hmm. Okay. And unfortunately, because I mean this is such a rare breed, mm-hmm. that's all I got. Well, I do want to tell. Um, we did touch on Alice's. Um, affinity to to be with you i think it is only fair to tell my favorite lure coursing story about alice we brought up lure coursing so this does play into that as she said they get these plastic things this back plastic bags on a line and the dog is supposed to chase the plastic bag well alice is so attached to ashley that she would not follow the line she would follow it to an extent Figure out essentially what the hell is going on, and then immediately turn right and head towards mommy. And basically, she—I could see it coming. It would be like, <laughs> "Mom, why aren't you running with me?" Oh crap! <laughs> Let me go back to mom. And the funniest part is, at one point, she had me take us like take Alice over there. It's like, why am I doing that? She's gonna chase after me. I was like, "Okay, fine." So I go over there, and I'm holding her by the collar, and then I say, "You know, the whole tally ho thing." She runs. But then just gets bored, stops, looks around, and eventually starts running back towards where she thinks you are. Yeah, I think it was hiding under a table or something. Yeah, you were trying to hide, and it didn't work. Or hiding behind a vehicle, and it didn't work. work. And that was the last time Alice lure course. Yeah, and so some dogs that aren't sighthounds, they'll do it, and they love it. Yeah. Others won't. And what's weird is um, a lot of scent hounds, they will do great in UKC coursing ability trials. Yeah. Because the line that's set is not necessarily going crossing over. Yeah. But scent hounds sometimes will struggle with coursing ability titles for AKC mm-hmm. because they're generally in a figure of eight. Yeah. And some scent hounds will get really confused if they cross over their own scent path. Right, it it'll trigger, mess them up. It triggers something to them like, wait, where am I? What am I doing? Where am I going? What, what happened to me? And then they'll throw their head up to try and look, and then, they lo- then they've lost the lure. Yeah. And I've seen it happen with Alice numerous times, mm-hmm. and Alice has two out of three coursing ability legs for her UKC. And so we'll- as per, with anyone who does performance knows that... 
you're you're that close. You want to go and do it at least just one more time, and actually the dog doesn't want to cooperate. Yeah. So <laughs> so many people in the dog show world know exactly what I'm talking and about, and it's so frustrating. And it's one of those things where I'm not going to force the issue. Mm-mm. Any good, reputable person that is involved in dog sports, be it confirmation, performance, rally, what have you, obedience, anything, if their dog doesn't like it, then they're not going to force them to do it. Yeah, no. If you are at a dog event and you see any behavior that looks like a dog is being abused, being shaked around, being slapped, what have you, go to the clubs running it, go to the AKC superintendent and report it immediately. Because is this one of those things where silence is acceptance, basically? Yes. Okay. Because we are all about making sure that our dogs are having fun. Mm-hmm. Because if they're not having fun, it they're, shows. It's, it's not going to be a good experience all around, honestly. Yeah. You're, you're going to end out, as the owner, you're going to end out frustrated. Mm-hmm. And the dog is going to be fearful. And yeah. everything about dog sports and participating in dog sports should always be fun. a fun and positive experience. Right. And that's what we're all about. Yeah. So back to this particular breed. Mm. Because they have this aloofness, yeah. showing them in confirmation can be a challenge. Yeah. So if you're going to do both trials and confirmation, I would recommend socializing them as much as possible and as young as possible, getting them used to different sights and smells and things like that. Absolutely. Take them for new experiences, new places. Just to make sure that that aloofness is as minimal as possible Mm -hmm. because it is an an ingrained behavior and nature of sighthounds to be aloof. Yeah. So... This is going to be a shorter than normal episode. Really? Only because it's such a rare breed. There's only so much I can find about them. Okay. So. I No, no, no. I, I get to ask. Yeah. I first last time. Would you own one? Probably not. Okay. Defend. Why? Um, the rarity is, is a big thing. Um, Sighthounds, to me, I marvel at their speed. They mm-hmm. are basically an engineer's dream because it really truly is form and function working in tandem and it's wonderful to see any sighthound doing what they're bred to do yeah but i don't think i would own one just because i mean we've got cats we've got chickens we we've got little dogs and i don't see the little dog thing changing anytime soon so it's one of those things where i probably wouldn't but I do like the look of them. So I think they're gorgeous to look at. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where... Eh, probably not. It's not a definite no. But it's just a lean toward the no side. Well, unfortunately, I, I have to agree. And this is going to be one of the episodes where we actually are in total agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not own one because of... And I hate to overstate the fact. But we have small animals here. Um, especially our cats. I mean, when we nap, all four of them are right there. Yes, four cats. Um, so, yeah, no. Um, if we didn't have any dogs whatsoever, like I said, single dog mm-hmm. family, it's a consideration. 
but no. Mm-hmm. In our present home environment and circumstances, I would have to respectfully decline. I mean, granted, don't get me wrong. I love having a dog hanging around while I'm playing video games as rare as that is. Because, I mean, that's what Alice does. She just is supportive by just mm-hmm. laying there and not saying anything. Yeah, and, and I mean, they are, like most sighthounds, going to be couch potatoes for about 90% of the time. And then we'd have to put the X-Vest on and take them outside and play ball for a little while just to tire them out. Yeah, so, I mean, to me, in terms of if the life situation was different, yeah, then it could lean toward a probably yes. Mm-hmm. But since they are so closely ingrained to that hunt behavior and to those hunting lines, that's where it gets a no to me. It's yeah. not. It's not like a whippet or a greyhound or a basenji where that you can go to a responsible show breeder that have been breeding these lines for decades mm-hmm. and generation after generation where they do make excellent pets with multiple dogs and other animals and things like that. Yeah. These guys are so closely ingrained to their that instinct and to that instinct of find, chase, kill. Yeah. That I, no. Yeah. So, again, rate, review, subscribe, subscribe download, like. all that stuff. And go hug your dog. Go hug your dog, everybody. They love you. Go hug your dog. Please, go hug your dog. Pretty please. Hug your dog.